All right, welcome everyone to the live stream. We're going to spend about the next hour or so um, going through a Q&A if you have questions about home buying. Um, and then also want to talk about some new fee changes that have happened that may make homes a little bit more affordable. So there's some changes that happened with second homes and investment homes. I'm sorry, not not investment. Second homes and uh, high balance area homes um, that may make homes more affordable. We'll talk about that here in just a few minutes. But thank you all um, for being here. I see I already have a ton of uh, ton of people that I need to get to. Um, first of all, Jennifer, I really appreciate that you did not have to <laughs> give a super chat for that much, but it's so generous. Um, and thank you. And I, it's, uh, it's awesome that this channel has passed a hundred thousand. It's kind of incredible. Um, let's see, Mark, good to see you became a member. Uh, M Emery, I'm going to go with, uh, Jennifer MP. Hello. K. Welcome. Um, Awesome. Uh, so for those of you who don't know, my name is Kyle Seagraves. I'm a certified mortgage advisor, basically just a fancy title to say that uh, I know a decent bit about mortgages, not everything, um, but my goal is to help you overcome some of the challenges of buying a home because it can be really complex and frustrating. And so um, we're going to do that here with the live stream, tons of videos on this channel that can help you walk through the process. Uh, and so let's dive into some questions. And then what we will do um, is we'll hop into a little bit of the uh, some of the new fee changes on loans that have happened recently. And I haven't done a live stream in a hot minute, so I'm like <laughs> a little out of swing on things. So hopefully we'll get back in here. Um, Andy said, thank you so much. I had a crazy stressful three months and couldn't have done it without your calm demeanor, excellent knowledge, and pro lighting. It's all in the, the pro lighting. Um, I refer you refer you on Reddit all the time. People say thank you. Well, thanks so much, Andy. I, I appreciate the uh, the referral on Reddit too, because I, I wanted to get into posting a little bit on Reddit, but I'm so afraid. Uh, everyone on Reddit is so brutal. <laughs> Styled with Lux. Hello, Brenton. Um, hello as well, Jason. Uh, you said, can you talk about the FHA loan that new graduates can apply for? I recently graduated nursing school in May of 2021. Congratulations. And I'm sure nursing has been really wild to get into as a new graduate. Got employed in August of 2021. I'm about four to five months in and hoping I can purchase. Now, I'm not I'm not sure if that there is a new uh, program necessarily because I saw someone else mention a new graduate program. If there is, feel free to let me know. There's not a specific graduate program that I've heard of, but I'm assuming you're referencing the changes in FHA student loans that now allow a, uh, they calculate student loans differently. Um, so for instance, let me zoom in here just a touch so you can see this. Um, so what the change, what it used to be is that if your loans were um, in deferred status, that the lender had to take 1% of the outstanding balance as your monthly payment. So if you have $50,000 in student loans, that means it would be a $500 per month payment, which can really take down how much you can afford because lenders look at your monthly debt payments and your affordability. And now they use 0.5% or what's based in the credit report or income-based repayment as long as it's not $0. If it's $0 per month, they have to use the 0.5% of the balance. However, if you're on income-based repayment, then you can use income-based repayment on FHA. I am assuming that is what you're talking about. Um, if there's a specific program that I don't know, uh, feel free to let me know about that. Um, Javier, hello, my friend. It's good to see you. Uh, speaking of Javier, a quick side note is uh, we are working on this project for a home buying planner, and we call it Replan. Um, so like real estate plan. Um, and you can go to myreplan.com. It is not yet completely finished, but this is what it's going to do. Um, we basically broke down the home buying process into a couple uh, different building blocks that are going to help you make that uh, that transition from renting to buying your first home a lot easier. And so if you sign up, you can get a 50% discount on that when it's released. Um, and I imagine it'll probably be done with that pretty soon. Um, so you can go to myreplan.com if you are interested. Uh, Joey, hello. Um, Torque for us, maybe. We'll see. We'll see how the night goes. 
Um, Jaime, uh, <laughs> thanks for the super chat. I appreciate it, man. You guys don't have to give me $100 super chats. <laughs> but uh, I, I do appreciate it. And you won the house you loved. I love it, man. Good to see you here. Um, Donald, I'll hop to your question here in just a moment. Um, okay, Brig. I just started the process of buying a brand new home. Is it better to go with the builders, lender, or should I still get a second quote from someone else? Always go to get a few quotes. I would suggest getting a quote from at least three different people. Get them within a few days, at max a week. However, you're going to find that working with the builder's lender most of the time is going to give you more cost savings, usually in um, some sort of a lender credit or like a design center credit. However, it's not always the case. So at least get a couple quotes to see what's going to be uh, your best option there. Um, I also see, okay, Rich, you had the same, a very similar question. Again, I'm not sure if there's a specific program that you're talking about. Um, if there is, clue me in on that, and I would, uh, I'll, I'll look into that a little bit. Um, CJ, is there a way to get in contact with you? Uh, yes, but with an asterisk. So this is my email. Um, you're welcome to ask me a question. Do not count on a response 100% of the time. Um, a lot of people ask questions and I try to answer them, um, but I can't get around to everybody. So just keep that in mind. Don't get mad at me. Uh, Planet Cheapskate, what's up from Kansas? Congrats on 100,000 subs. Thank you. I really appreciate it. Um, Jaime has so many questions. <laughs> um, should I build now or wait? HELOC or bridge loan, which is better? Um, interesting. So you're you have enough equity in your home to be able to build with a HELOC or a bridge loan. Is that correct? Or are you asking if you should buy an hour wait? Not 100% certain. Um, that's a diff. I think the decision on building is one that's a little bit more complicated as far as material costs that I'm not super well versed in. That's probably a better question for uh, a real estate agent that's local in your area who might be able to fill you in on that a little bit better. And then also talking with whoever's going to be building that home as well. I'd be wanting to ask questions more about any supply chain issues that they're running into or cost increases in the future that are going to help you make that decision a little bit better. And hopefully uh, so the, in the inflation problem that we have is going to be tapered off here soon, maybe the second half of next year. We will see. Uh, Lindsay... Hey Kyle, I have a question. If I have a home offer accepted, then my credit score drops because a car loan gets paid off. Will that affect the closing process? Um, yes, it's very possible if they rerun your credit. So credit reports are going to expire um, after a few months. And so this is going to depend on uh, the lender and their specific guidelines on that because some are a little more strict than others. But usually your credit report is going to last around three months. And so um, as long as they can use that initial credit report that they have, they don't have to pull a new one. However, if, if it expires before closing, then they might have to pull a new credit report and there could be potentially a lower credit score that they then have to use. They have to use the most updated uh, credit report. So I would talk to your loan officer and ask when those documents, uh, when that credit report is going to expire and if they're going to need to pull um, another one. So best of luck there. Okay, Tony statement. So this year I'm going to use the VA home loan to buy a home. Um, I'm 29 years old, married, have roughly 15,000 debt total with 5,500 a month income. How much should I save for a house before buying? Cool. So you're using VA, um, which is 0% down. However, it doesn't mean uh, no cost at all. There still are closing costs with a VA loan. Now you could get these uh, paid by a seller or a percentage of the purchase price given as a credit towards you during the purchase that has to be negotiated. And in tough competitive markets, that can be kind of difficult to do. Um, so what you first need to do is make sure that uh, you are pre-approved. Once you're pre-approved, talk to your loan officer. You want to get a quote that's going to break down all of the estimated third-party costs. So things like the appraisal, title, recording fees, 
homeowner's insurance, taxes, any other fees that you're going to run into as closing costs, because you won't have a down payment with VA, but you will have closing costs. So you need to figure out your money for your closing costs. Are you going to get a seller credit? Are you going to get lender credit? Are you paying that on your own? Are you getting a gift for that? So what are your closing costs? And then I think if you're purchasing a home, you at minimum need to have three months of reserves. I think that's for everybody across the board at minimum three months of reserves. And so what three months of reserves is, it's just like a little buffer uh, of expenses. So if it costs you, um, let's say, let's see, you're, how old are you, 29? Okay, you're married. So if it costs you, let's say $4,000 per month in living expenses, that is what you need to maintain your lifestyle, then you just multiply it times three. So you need 12 grand as a buffer, meaning that after you paid your closing costs, you still have 12 grand left over as a buffer to get you through three months. Six months is more comfortable. People on commission income are probably going to be, or self-employed are going to look closer to the six, uh, six month mark for a buffer. But most people I think can get away with three. That's what I would do. Make sure you have that money before you buy. I think that's going to put you in a really good position, but the reserves are not needed to qualify for the loan for most people. Um, should I talk with shock? Should I talk to a loan officer or financial advisor from trying to figure out how much I can afford and what I need to improve, even if I'm not ready to buy just yet? Absolutely. I really think that is a fantastic uh, plan. Financial advisor is going to be great just for long-term finances. And then you can talk with a loan officer too, and just let them know like, Hey, I'm looking here in the future, but I just want to get a general idea of where I'm at. Um, I do also have a tool that could help you. Where is that? at um okay i'm still trying to get used to this like streaming setup okay so um, i have this tool called the max purchase price calculator it's on my website there's also a link in the description it's winthehouseyoulove.com slash max price um, and what you do is you put in your info so for instance um, what kind of down payment you're looking at uh, maybe you don't know right now but we can go with three percent what interest rate maybe we're going to look closer to 3.4 um, you can leave the rest of this as um, estimates, you put in your income and then what debts you have along with anybody else on the loan with you. And then what that will do is bring up uh, affordability suggestions um, based on different risk profiles. Uh, and so this is the same math that lenders will use to help you qualify for a loan. And so this will show you an estimated max purchase price along with a payment breakdown um, estimate. It'll show you different levels based on the risk. Uh, that you have and go through tons more of affordability. So that might help you, but I would still talk with a loan officer to get a good understanding of where you sit and if there's going to be any roadblocks um, in the way for you. And uh, you can find that here. It's going to block. How do I make... How do I remove that thing? <laughs> Who knows? Who knows? now I've lost my place and I can't figure out how to get back. There we go. Okay. Yeah, it is winthehouseyoulove.com slash max price. And you can grab that um, if you would like to. And I see somebody asked a question about, can you change, uh, can you change taxes in it? Yep. You 100% can. Let me jump back over here. Um, you can change taxes. All you have to do is go into the, your info side and where it says property tax rate, this would be 1.25%. Um, you can change this to whatever you want. And I do have this property tax map by state, um, which can show you some sample averages across different states. So Ohio is 1.29. Um, so what I could do is if I'm in Ohio, I'll do 129 and do it that way. Uh, so hope that helps you out. Um, Okay, I do see a couple super chats. So I'm gonna get to it here in just a second. Um, 12 months of membership. Look at you. Look at you. The biggest, the biggest simp. No simp. Um, <laughs> I'm an empath, and I can sense you're looking for some kind of digital home buying journal, huh? Yeah, I am a, uh, I'm an empath, or you are an empath, aren't you? Um, yeah. So, have you ever done it? I'm always surprised when people don't know, like, 
when we talk about each other on our channels. Javier is a great friend of mine, um, but we're also working on a home buying planner together. He has an incredible YouTube channel, um, more focused on the real estate agent's perspective on home buying. And so he's gonna be really great for all of your real estate questions. Uh, I think I might be better suited for some of your mortgage questions, um, but we're working on a home buying planner called Replan. Um, and what it's going to do is really just help walk you through uh, Think of it almost like, um, <laughs> now I'm blanking. Now. I'm thinking back to Javier saying, we should probably get, we should probably nail down what our pitch is on this. <laughs> uh, basically, um, we've taken the way that we talk with clients, the way that we help clients through the process and the consultations that we've gone through um, with people who are looking to buy a home and get approved for a mortgage and put it together in a home buying planner. We called it Replan. We're working on it and it's not released yet. But what you can do is you can go to uh, myreplan.com, all right? And so if I can figure out where in the world I am, you can go to myreplan.com, uh, fill out this quick form. You'll get a 50% discount code when it goes live. It's not finished yet. So we're not gonna send you an email until it's all finished and wrapped up. Um, but if you wanna get notified about that, feel free to do that there. Um, doo -doo 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 -doo. let's see, Donald, I'm under contract, uh, three weeks in waiting for appraisal. Ooh, haven't received a conditional approval from underwriter because it's not been appraised. Is this normal in lenders? I'm with equity prime mortgage, 30 years conventional fixed. I, uh, you don't need an appraisal to get a conditional approval. Uh, I've never. I've worked with several lenders and I, I, that's never been a thing. I've never heard of that being a thing. I might want to get clarification on that from your loan officer on why you need an appraisal to get a conditional approval. The way a conditional approval works is you have an approval based on your loan application and any uh, initial documents that you send in, and then you get an approval with conditions. So approval based on satisfactory appraisal, a good title report, good insurance. Like it's conditional on the appraisal. So I'm a little bit confused on that. Um, I'd wanna get clarification from them on that. Um, also with the appraisal, if you are working with a broker, I'd be interested to see if you could order from a different AMC or if you could put in a rush on the appraisal. It would usually cost maybe a couple hundred dollars more depending on your area. It can sometimes be a little bit more expensive in more competitive markets or more rural markets. Um, it's super frustrating uh, that you're going through that and it doesn't seem like you're getting some clear answers. So I'd wanna press into asking some more questions on why do we need uh, the appraisal for the conditional approval? Um, because if you're waiting this long, I might be interested in shopping around with other lenders to see if they can help speed this process up a little bit for you. Yeah, and I can see Planet Chesapeake uh, Cheapskate, did I say Chesapeake the first time? Cheapskate, uh, Planet Cheapskate means final approval. Yeah, and if you mean final approval, then you would need the appraisal for the final approval. Um, so I'd wanna get some clarification from your loan officer on that. Okay, okay. You know what's been stuck in my head all day is that uh, that vibe that's like, okay, let's go. <laughs> I thought that was a Z's on sorry. Uh, until I saw the final video and saw the kid with like trains. <laughs> um, can you talk a little bit about truckers getting a loan? Is it difficult? Um, it's going to be depending on how you get paid. For most people, it's not going to be any different uh, than any other type of income. However, I have worked with uh, one trucker who wrote off a ton of stuff. Um, what you need to know about some of the write-offs that you're going to have is that uh, your own, for mileage, you can only write off the depreciation of the mileage. Um, I'm sorry, I think they have that wrong. For some reason, I'm blanking on the mileage right now. I need to look into that. Um, but meals expense, I had a guy who wrote off a ton in meals expense. But when you write off meals, you're only allowed to write off 50%. So the lender has to add in the other 50% as the expense in finding what your net income is. Um, and so if you're uh, if you're a trucker and running everything like you're self-employed, 
and you are self-employed, then that's probably where you might run into some issues with the net income that you have. And that's what I'd be interested in. Um, I need to look up that depreciation. I don't know why I'm blanking on that for some reason. Um, doo -doo -doo -doo. Let's see. Mileage. Okay. I'm going to look into that. How much does a person need to have saved to buy a home with a good credit score and not an FHA loan? Um, well, it depends what type of loan you're getting. Conventional loans have a minimum of 3% down for first-time buyers. So at minimum, 3% of the purchase price that you're looking at. Um, so $300,000 house is $9,000 in your down payment. You also need closing costs saved up. Um, so some people use a rule of thumb around 2% of the purchase price towards closing costs. Uh, closing costs can be difficult because you kind of need, it just requires a more individual approach because each property has different closing costs based on taxes and homeowners insurance. Um, and they're also going to run into different closing costs with different lenders. So what I would recommend for you is that you talk with a loan officer who can help you get pre-approved and show you quotes. Talk with a couple of different loan officers to then get a good spread of what these could look like. And you want your loan officer um, to give you uh, a quote, not only with the rate and the payment breakdown, but also their fees, their lender fees, which would be called section A charges on a loan estimate, but then also an estimate of all other third-party fees. And I do uh, have a network of loan officers that you can connect with. I can give you a referral to a helpful loan officer. You can just go to winthehouseyoulove.com slash referral um, if you are interested in that. Um, doo -doo -doo -doo. Classic question, which comes first in your opinion, speaking to a lender or a realtor? I think it's best to speak with a lender first. Um, there's no point, in my opinion, there's no point in talking to a realtor uh, if I don't even know that I can get approved for the money that I need to buy a house. So I might as well talk with somebody who can approve me for the money. That way I know I can buy. I see a lot of people, they talk with a realtor first because they're really excited about buying a house and they want to go look at homes. Um, but then they'll go, uh, if they're working with a, a realtor who maybe isn't uh, super experienced, that realtor might not check for a pre-approval letter from the client um, and they'll show them homes and then they end up trying to get pre-approved and they run into issues. And they're trying to like stuff everything on this really tight timeline. Instead, it's just so much easier. It's gonna save you so much hassle to talk with the loan officer first, get pre-approved. And you can do this early in the process. It doesn't have to be like, I'm ready to buy a house now. Now I wanna talk with the loan officer. It can be like, oh, I wanna buy a home in the next couple of months. I'm gonna talk with a loan officer now, get a couple of relationships started with different loan officers, get some quotes, get pre-approved. And then as time goes on, then you're ready to talk with a realtor. I think that's gonna be best for most people. Um, mm, 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 mm. Jay sees the future. Um, you said going to look at some houses Monday, got a lot of great advice watching your videos. Anything I should be looking out for or asking my real estate agent while looking at the house? Um, I think for more real estate questions, I would go to somebody like Javier Vidania. He's going to have way better suggestions for you on going through homes um, than I will because I don't have experience as a real estate agent. Uh, and so like, I want to stay in my lane <laughs> as much as possible. Um, good afternoon, Joseph. Welcome. Congratulations on 100,000. Thank you. Um, v Quez. I love the little elbow coughs coming in there. Um, Can someone from overseas get a mortgage in the US? If so, what are the limitations on this? It's gonna depend on the residency status. Um, so either there is a, uh, you have the ability to work here, so you have a work visa here that can allow you to get a mortgage or you're applying as a foreign national. Um, if you are applying as a foreign national, there are programs out there that exist, but there are uh, very few of them and they can be difficult. I don't know the terms of them um, because I've only, heard of lenders working with foreign national programs, not done any myself, um, but I know the requirements can be very strict for foreign national. So it really depends on residency status. Um, if you do have work visa here, then it's usually not too difficult uh, to get a mortgage. Uh, 
How far in advance should we begin talking to a loan officer? My fiance and I are planning to buy most likely next year when our lease is up and we don't know when to start the process. Um, buy next year when our lease is up. Okay. Um, I think at minimum, I personally think it'd be good to talk with a loan officer a month before you're ready to buy. Because usually what happens is when you're like, oh yeah, we're a month away from buying. It usually is actually probably like closer to two weeks. Uh, we say our timelines are longer than they actually are because by the time we're thinking about it, we're actually kind of more excited about moving in. So I would say at minimum a month before is what I personally would be comfortable with. Um, mainly because you're you're running in this thing where you, you want to solve or you want to figure out if there's any roadblocks in the way. Because for some people, it's not just getting approved and then everything is smooth sailing. Sometimes there's some roadblocks uh, that we need to figure out. Maybe there's some issues with credit. Uh, maybe income is documented in a strange way that needs to be cleared up a little bit. And it's just so much easier to have that breathing room, to have that flexibility of saying, okay, we can solve these because we're not, we don't need to buy right now. But a lot of people want to cut it down to the end or cut it down to the edge, whatever phrase I'm trying to say here. They want, they're like, oh, we want to buy. And they try to squeeze everything in as quickly as possible, but they don't realize how many moving parts are in, in everything um, and how frustrating it can be to go through the buying process sometimes if you're stuffing everything in in a short timeline. Um, wife and I are going to get our first home with a VA loan. We're thinking of buying a duplex and house hacking it, will the rent be used for our DTI? Um, usually you'll be able to have 75% of uh, the other units uh, rental income offset the proposed housing payment. Okay, uh, so I hope that answers your question. So yes, it should help you be able to take down um, your debt to income ratio with that future housing payment. Um, if I'm purchasing a duplex as a main residence, would I be able to Airbnb the other side or is it the same stipulations as renting for the first year? You absolutely can Airbnb the other side. Um, you can also fully rent out the other side. The only stipulation is you can't move out of your home without reef. Let me try to figure out how to say this more clearly. Uh, there's a Usually it's a one year occupancy rule, meaning that you don't have to live in your home for a year and not be able to sell it. You can sell it anytime you want. But if you move out in less than 12 months to buy another primary residence home, usually you have to refinance that into an investment home if you're going to lease it out. Um, so for a duplex, you can always live in there one side for one year, um, but at the same time, you can still treat the other side as, uh, or have a tenant. Um, I don't want to say treat it like an investment, but you can have a tenant. Okay, if I purchase a home as an owner-occupied conventional loan and my brother rents a room for me, will that affect my loan? Um, is this something that needs to be disclosed when getting the loan? Conventional owner-occupied and my brother rents a room for me. Uh, so no, this will not affect your loan. Um, Sometimes I'm assuming that. Well, I probably shouldn't assume. Uh, you might want to look into what's called border income. If uh, your brother has been renting from you for, I believe, 12 months, and you can show this through bank statement deposits, I uh, I believe you can use that income. On I'm trying to remember if it's only home ready. Uh, look into that a little bit. A, lo a lot of people can't qualify it because it's so strict, but sometimes you can use that income. It doesn't sound like you necessarily need that income in this situation. Um, but no, it's, it doesn't need to be disclosed if someone else is going to be living from you uh, and renting out a room. As long as you're living in the home yourself, then you're okay. Um, oh, I forgot. I have an Instagram account that I'm trying to be somewhat more active on. <laughs> if you wanna, if you wanna follow over there. Um, Jose, start the process today. Hopefully, I can sign on the dotted line in a few months. Awesome. Keep us updated. And congratulations on starting the pro on the process. 
Um, is the Bank of America mortgage credit uh, for down payment and fees still around? I haven't heard any updates that it's not, so I would assume it's still uh, kicking around. If anybody has some uh, any more updates on that, that'd be fantastic. Um, where are you going to put the YouTube plaque? have to make it visible in videos. Oh, do I? Do I? I don't know. We'll see about that. I don't even know that I have any space back here to put something. I feel like every every space back here is covered with something. Why do quick move-ins cost so much? Um, could you clarify that a little bit? I'm not entirely sure what you mean by a quick, like, what do you mean by a quick move-in? Is it okay to go with the mortgage broker route instead of shopping with individual lenders? Yeah, uh, so I am a mortgage broker um, and I think a broker is a great route. However, I just wanna disclose that as like, uh, obviously I'm biased. So there are different types of lenders. What I think is gonna be the best option is talk with a mortgage broker, talk with a credit union, and then talk with a bank or a direct lender. Um, Talking with one of each of those at minimum is gonna give you a really good spread of looking at different types of loans, different types of lenders, how they operate and what they can offer you. Um, I think it's gonna be best and then decide from there which is gonna be the best one for you. How can you find your mortgage credit score? I wanna know where I stand. The unfortunate thing is everything that you get that is a soft credit pool, meaning that it does not put an inquiry on your credit report um, is not going to be accurate as your mortgage score. Um, except for one that I found. Uh, MyFICO.com tends to have a very accurate uh, mortgage credit score that is only a soft pull. Um, however, it does cost money, unfortunately, which I kind of hate recommending that because it does cost money. Uh, I think to get, let me look it up. I forget how much it is. My FICO. I will say you don't need to know exactly your mortgage credit score. You can always talk to a loan officer and have your credit pulled. Remember that a mortgage inquiry only impacts your score anywhere from zero to five points. That's it. What ends up happening is people get their uh, credit score or their credit report pulled and then uh, they get a notification from some sort of credit reporting site that acts like the world's falling apart. But what these sites normally do is they kind of use fear to then say, oh no, your credit score tanked. How about you talk with one of our lenders? They kind of use fear as like a sales tactic. Your score will only change zero to five points from a mortgage inquiry. And you have 45 days to get your credit pulled to shop a mortgage. Um, so to get multiple mortgage inquiries, it only counts as one. So a mortgage inquiry is not a super big thing to be afraid of. Your credit score will jump back up from the... Uh, credit inquiry. Um, okay. So let's see one bureau. So Experian is 20 bucks a month. You don't need to manage it monthly. You could probably just look at it like, I don't know, a one-time thing. Um, and then to get all three is 30. What is premier? Oh, updates every month. Nah, you don't, you don't need that. Um, I really don't think you need that. Most people just do not need to know their exact mortgage score. Usually you look at the soft pulse uh, sites so like Credit Karma, all those different sites uh, to find a general idea of where you're at and then talk with a loan officer, but you do not need that exact uh, figure. Um, the only thing that sucks is like things like Credit Karma and such, they just tend to be so off. Like mine, when I look at mine, it's like so far off what my actual <laughs> credit report is uh, when it gets pulled. Um, could overdraft, overdraft fees on my bank statements affect me approving for a mortgage loan? Yes. Um, so lenders, if we think about it this way, someone is about to give you money, but they, when they see your bank account, they can see that when other people have tried to collect money from you, there's not enough money in the account. And so the lender doesn't run, want to run into the same thing where they're like, Hey, the mortgage bills do, but you don't ha have enough money to pay for it. So before I would look at getting a mortgage, I would first want to see what what in your budget needs to be changed. First, are you ready for a mortgage? Um, and then I would look at what in your budget needs to be changed so that these overdrafts don't happen in the future. And if you're at the point where you're saying, you know what, maybe I'm not ready for a mortgage, 
that's that's perfectly okay, um, right? There's tons of people who are on this uh, live stream who are in the same boat with you, right? There's no shame in not being ready right now. You're allowed to have a preparation stage. And so maybe I might step back for a second and start looking at the budgeting side. What can you do to add a buffer to your account? What can you do to feel more comfortable about those that flow of expenses before we jump into a mortgage? Um, however, with the non-sufficient funds, most lenders I've worked with usually are okay with seeing one, but they want a really good explanation for why did that happen and why it's not going to happen again in the future. When there are multiple, usually an underwriter is not going to allow that uh, loan to move forward. Oh yeah, and Joe was talking about my FICO too. Awesome. Um, cool. All right, so we're about like thirty minutes in. So let's cover really quickly. I will jump back into questions here in uh, in just a second, but I want to cover um, a change in fees that's been happening recently. Um, let's see if I can pull this up. Okay, so. FHFA, this is the, the regulatory body that oversees Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac, who uh, basically makes the rules for most conventional loans, okay? Not all, but most conventional loans. What they have announced that's going to begin April 1st, which is not an April Fool's joke, it turns out, uh, they're going to charge upfront fees for high balance loans and second homes. So they say upfront fees for high balance loans will increase between 0.25% and 0.75% tiered by the loan to value ratio. For second homes, the upfront fee will increase between 1.125% and 3.875% also tiered by loan to value ratio, basically how much you're putting down. This is a crazy increase in cost for second homes. So the affordability of second homes is about to go down when this change um, happens. And the rest of this article article goes on to explain a little bit more about how FHFA is trying to change um, affordability through methods like this, like changing, making high balance area loans more expensive uh, by just a touch. And then second homes, pretty significantly more expensive. So for instance, what these costs look like here is when we talk about points, points are one, are are a percentage of the loan amount. So if you have a $300,000 loan on a second home, a 1% upfront cost would be an additional $3,000 that has to be paid upfront to get that second home loan, okay? We start getting into like 3.875 as an upfront cost is crazy. <laughs> um, and so just to illustrate really quickly how uh, these like points work is, so this is what, uh, a lender might see on the back end is they see a chart um, of rates and then the cost with them. When it's a cost, we call it a point. Um, and it's, when it's money given back to you, we call it a credit. Think of it very similarly to prepaid interest. It doesn't work exactly like that, but it helps as an analogy. So for instance, if a loan officer says your interest rate is 3.2%, what they're actually seeing is a whole spread of rates. And you can actually choose your interest rate. So even though they told you it was 3.2%, you actually could choose a 3% if you wanted, but it might cost $4,200 in points to get it. So when we talk about that 1.25% as a cost, or, or let's say, um, I think, what was what was the other one? Was it points? 0.25, let's say as an example. So for high balance loans, 0.25%, what they would do is look through here. So we, this is the closest to 0.25. Instead of that loan being 3.2%, that loan might end up requiring 3.15 with this cost. Um, or you have to bake in that cost into uh, the loan as well. And so we'd have to go the opposite way and it'd be a 3.3% rate with no cost. Um, so I hope that makes sense. I know it can be a little bit confusing, um, but ultimately, long story short, is that loans in high balance areas, which I'll show you here in a second, and second homes, uh, second homes particularly, are about to get a lot more expensive. Um, so that may help 
uh, reduce the demand for people buying second homes. It's going to be really interesting to see how this plays out. Um, but when we're talking about these high balance loans, um, these are for loans in these areas in orange or in yellow, in orange. Um, these are really high cost of living areas where the normal conventional loan limits are raised. They have a higher balance in them. Um, so for most of the co the country in gray, the loan limit is 647,200. However, when we get somewhere like Davidson County, the loan limit goes to 694, and then we go into some crazy areas like uh, Los Angeles, and that goes to 970 is the conventional loan limit. So it's gonna be really interesting to see how these fees end up changing the second home market along with these high balance markets. Is it gonna put that much of a that much pressure on high balance areas? I don't I don't see it putting tremendous pressure to the point that it's going to uh, change things drastically. Um, I feel like there are a lot of videos that I've seen, not particularly about this, but just anything with the housing market where someone shows one little change and they're like, okay, that's going to solve the, the issues with increasing home prices. And that's just not the market just does not work that simply. Um, there's all these small little factors that are going to push or going to pull weight, I think, on home prices. And this might be one of those factors, but it's not going to overnight correct uh, the increasing home price problem that most home buyers are experiencing. I wish. Um, mm, 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 let's see. Caesar, just want to say thanks for all the knowledge you've shared over the past year. We've been looking set to close next month on our forever dream home 30 year fixed 10 down jumbo at 3.125. Well, congratulations. Um, and I hope you enjoy your new home and thanks so much for watching and continue to watch, even though you're almost, uh, almost near the finish line here. Um, how will, okay. How will new, how will applying for a new credit card affect my interest rate? or loan approval if I plan to apply for a mortgage in the next three to six months. Applying for a credit card right now likely uh, is not going to have a huge impact on you three to six months from now, as long as your credit is in kind of a good category. So I'd say 640 and above, as long as you're opening that new credit card, I wouldn't anticipate these like, huge impacts to your credit. You might see, uh, it's going to depend on your personal profile, but you might see a slight decrease in your credit score because you're opening a new account. Um, but I don't anticipate that impacting your mortgage at all in three months and especially six months. So you should be okay there. What are these like, these like random words that these like spam, <laughs> spam accounts are putting in here. I'm so confused. Okay. Um, mm, mm, mm. um, Chuck, you say, can I close from a different state via Zoom? Um, usually it's not via Zoom and you want to talk with your lender about this, but usually, uh, I shouldn't say usually, a lot of lenders do have uh, an e-close process where basically you can sign with a, a notary um, over some sort of video chat and they do some ident identity verification as well. And it usually also includes overnighting some documents for you to sign um, and potentially needing to have a notary for that. So talk with your loan officer about some of those options uh, that you have, but it doesn't exactly just work over Zoom. Uh, Jeff, I've seen different suggestions. What's the best time to find my agent? Do I do it after I'm pre-approved with a lender or before I even start the uh, pre-approval process? I think it's best to do it after you talk with a lender. Make sure that you know that you can get approved for a loan, you know how much you're gonna be paying monthly, you know what the upfront cost is gonna be, and then that's gonna help you actually choose a home that aligns with those goals. Otherwise, we look at homes and we're not really sure exactly what they cost, and we try to talk with a loan officer, and we may run into roadblocks with our ability to get approved, or we're like, ooh, we don't even know that we can actually, we're comfortable with this budget. I see far too many people, they look at a home, then they get they get approved, 
and they're not comfortable with the mortgage payment, but they decide to move forward with it anyway because they're already so far along and they're already committed to the home and they end up making a bad choice. And I don't want that to happen for you. So I would suggest let's talk with a loan officer first and then an agent. Um, <laughs> uh, Tony, hello, my friend. You said, just talk with someone who swears by this channel. You're a rock star. <laughs> I don't know about the rock star, but uh, I, I appreciate it. Um, Tony is one of the loan officers who works, uh, uh, I would say, in the same office, but I haven't seen Tony in quite a bit. I know you're working from home more. Um, but if you are in, uh, let me see if I can remember the states Tony is in. Ohio? Florida? Not yet, Kentucky? Uh you can go to the link right here below, uh, winthehouseylove.com slash referral, and I connect you with Tony, or if you're in really any other state in the U.S., um, I connect you with a helpful loan officer uh, if you'd like. Um, I reached my 12-month membership in three weeks. Oh, my gosh. That's incredible. I appreciate your support. Um, finally ready to get a loan. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's okay. Everyone's on their own timeline. Um, I think one of the hardest parts about, I think, all aspects of technology and social media is like, we can see everybody else's life, which can be really good in, you know, learning from other people. Like you're on this, this live stream, we can learn uh, from each other about experiences that we're having in buying a home. But it's also not great because I, I think as humans, we're just not uh, wired to be able to take in so much stimulus about everyone else's life. Um, and so it can be so strange to see all other people's timelines. And then we always want to make a decision about how, what that means for us. Um, and so it's, uh, it's always interesting. So take it at your own pace. Um, we don't have to listen to what everyone else is doing. How can you calculate based on current annual income, how large of a mortgage you qualify for? What are other factors? Um, so what you need to do is run a debt to income calculation. And so different loans have different debt to income ratios, but um, a good rule of thumb for a lot of loans is 45%. So for instance, if you had a, uh, oh, let's see, let's say you make $5,000 a month as gross. That's what lenders do. They do before taxes. And we multiply that times 0.45, that gives us 2250. That would be your maximum mortgage payment. That payment needs to include your principal, interest, taxes, homeowners insurance, and homeowners association fees. And then we do some, uh, we could even run a mortgage calculator to look at what home price correlates to that. That's a lot of math to do. Um, so I do have this as a calculator uh, that you can use instead. I call it the max purchase price calculator. And you can, uh, there's a link in the description for this. You can also go to winthehouseyoulove.com uh, slash max price. There's that link right here on the screen. Um, and what it allows you to do is you can put in some very basic info, like what kind of down payment you're looking at, uh, what interest rates are. I have some links that you can look at, what averages are there. You can leave all these as just general averages uh, in the beginning until you want to fine tune them a little bit. But then you start to put in your income. So let's say you make seventy-five thousand a year. Let's say you have a car and you pay three fifty. Um, you have a credit card of one fifty, and uh, let's see, student loans, and you pay two fifty on these. These are the minimum monthly payments that you need to make on these debts. Um, and then if you have a co-borrower, so somebody on the loan with you, let's say. Uh, sure, we have somebody who makes thirty thousand, and let's say they have a credit card for one fifty. And you'll notice we're not putting in rent in here. Rent is not um, a debt, right? I have what is a debt, what isn't a debt. So expenses, rent, groceries, all that stuff uh, are not debts. This is how lenders determine your affordability. Um, and then what it will do is it will show you an estimated max purchase price based on the down payment you said, estimated closing costs, and a payment breakdown. These are all just based off of averages that most people are, are going to see when they do look at buying a home. It's gonna show you the risk levels along with helping you estimate 
uh, other costs that you may run into like utilities, maintenance costs, and then how much that is of your take home pay. Um, so this, in this instance, this would be 27. Let's see, what am I using here? Uh, let's look at a conservative level. Um, so 38% of your take home pay. Uh, so then you get to decide, is that comfortable for you? It's also gonna break down, um, I mean, tons of stuff in here, but uh, also different theories of mortgage affordability. So for instance, this is what Dave Ramsey would say you could afford in the scenario. This is what a qualified mortgage would say you can afford. Uh, this is all different kinds of theories here. Um, so you're welcome to try that out if you'd like to. It's winthehouseyoulove.com slash max price. There should be a, um, a link in the description. And you know what I'm noticing right now is uh, uh, Nightbot is not working right now. Where's Nightbot at? It should be in here and sprinkling the world with links, and it's not. <laughs> well, uh, what up, Kyle? You uh, Is that you got this in emoji? I think it is. I uh, got the max price, max purchase price calculator and very helpful. I'm glad to hear. I saw your comment on the uh, on the most recent video too um, that looks like you got that and it, uh, it was helpful for you. So um, I'm glad that's helped you out. I also did just um, make a new calculator that is in the description that is free, uh, that is a PMI as an investment calculator. And I may cover that in here in just a little bit. Um, let me hop over to some other questions here. Um, doo -doo 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 -doo. Oh no. I need to figure out how to make this not like jump around all the time. <laughs> because I lose my place when I switch and it's so frustrating. Oh, what the heck? Oh my gosh. Why does it do this to me? Um, okay. Would love if, if you could keep us up to date on that second home change, we're in California feels heavily affect us in the Bay area. Um, yeah, so it does go into effect April 1st, not an April Fool's joke, unfortunately. Um, can too much available credit look bad in underwriting? No, not that I have experienced. Um, what type of loans are there, like 801010? Uh, I've heard a little bit more of these recently coming up, but not super prominently. Um, so I may need to look into that a little bit more if they are starting to come up a little bit. Would only spending 10% of my credit card value help build my credit faster? Yeah. So there are uh, kind of three levels that a lot of people um, like to follow with credit. 50, 30, 10. And so the ultimate goal is if you're above 50% utilization of your credit limit, we want to get under 50. And then there the next goal is under 30. And there the next goal is under 10%. And usually when we jump below those levels, your credit score is going to have a little bit of an increase. And so credit utilization just means if I have a credit card that has a $10,000 limit, uh, how much of that $10,000 am I using? If I have $5,000 as a balance on my $10,000 credit card, then I have 50% utilization. So if that's where I'm at, I wanna try to jump drop that down uh, to 4,500. And then from there, I want to go down to 30%. And then what most people suggest is staying under 10% on uh, your credit card. I've heard different opinions, but it seems like there isn't much difference. There's no like brackets beneath the 10%. Um, however, I'm not like super credit card guru, but that is what I've seen from most places. It doesn't look like anybody can actually back up with some stats on having anything below 10% increasing your credit score or anything like lower than 10%. Like 9% is the same thing as 3%. Uh, 
So I, I've seen that kind of contest a little bit, but haven't seen anybody who has like a very strong argument <laughs> that they can prove about it. Do I, always have, do I always have to close in my personal name when doing a re conventional cash out refinance or is this just a lender overlay titles owned by an LLC? Um, usually you have to close in your personal name, but you can transfer the title to an LLC on conventional loans. I know you can do this on a Fannie Mae loan. I believe you can also do it on a Freddie Mac loan without triggering a due on sale clause. Um, it is in the Fannie Mae guidelines. I don't no, off the top of my head if it's in Freddie Mac guidelines, but I do believe you cannot do this on government loans. Um, if you want to close in an LLC, from my understanding, you would have to get a you'd have your business would have to be underwritten, and that would not be a residential mortgage, that would be a commercial mortgage. Um, or you'd need to be using something like an investment specific product uh, through like a non-QM lender or an investment specific lender. Jennifer, you said I prefer live moderators. Yeah, live moderators are, are better. Well, I'm, I mainly like Nightbot because it will like put in some links. Uh, I don't really use any of the moderation stuff on it. Um, but I don't know what I don't know what happened to that. I don't know where it went. Um do 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 Okay. Sadie Bacon. Is that right? Sadie? Um, I'm in the process of providing documentation for underwriting. Should student loans on hold be a huge factor in getting approved for USDA loan? Um, I hope this makes sense. Uh, so it sounds like your your student loans are deferred with the USDA. Um, let me see if I can pull up that chart again for you to help you out. Where is this at? Okay, there we go. Oh, it's gonna be so so hard to read on here probably. Um, it won't like scrunch in if I if I move it anymore. Um, so basically what the lender's gonna do is they're gonna use the document of payment under an approved payment plan with the creditor when the payment amount is above zero or 0.5% of the outstanding balance. So since those are deferred, likely they're gonna be using the 0.5% into your debt to income ratio. So uh, $50,000 in student loans, twenty-five or $250 per month in the debt to income ratio um, there. So I hope that clears that up. Um, Anisha, do you have a loan comparison calculator? I do. It's not ready yet. Um, I say it's not ready, but it pretty much is ready. I think I'm like a touch nervous to to pull the trigger on it. Um, I do. And let me see if I can pull this up really quickly. I think I might be a slight perfectionist. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you're, you know when you when you put something together, you're like, oh, it's got to be perfect. And uh, um, so basically, I do. I need to release this soon. Um, but what it will do is you can put in multiple different loans or multiple different lenders, and it will compare them. So we can compare different rates, different down payments, uh, all that, and then it will give us a chart and show us during which year it's the cheapest. So for instance, um, let me, let's say you were shopping with a couple lenders and we were looking at, let's say mountain mortgage and we were looking at AMC mortgage. I don't know, these are fake mortgage companies. Um, and let's say they're both giving you a conventional loan. They're both giving the same down payment at 30 years. Uh, let's say mountain mortgage is giving you a 3% interest rate uh, and AMC is giving you 2.75. Um, let's say closing costs here are $900 for the lender fees. And over here, let's say, I don't know, 3,500 bucks. Um, actually, let's move these down here. Doo -doo. 
And then you can also put in mortgage insurance because this can impact uh, which lender is going to be better. And a lot of people can be confused about this. Um, so let's say here, because someone asked me a question about this. What if you paid a higher rate? So let's say we did 3.25, but there was no mortgage insurance. But mortgage insurance with AMC is $60. Um, we're looking at $350 as our purchase price. We can see what this would do with the payment. And then we can say how long we're gonna stay in the home. So most people, the average is 10 years. Uh, AMC mortgage is the cheapest by $8,200 at the end of 10 years. And we can look at that time horizon a little bit differently if we'd like to. So over 30 years, AMC is cheaper by 20,000. So even though there was no mortgage insurance, uh, it was cheaper to go uh, with mortgage insurance and a lower rate and including those upfront cost and points because that's all listed in here as net cost. So um, I, I need to like button that up in the next couple weeks and then that should be ready. And then I'm gonna push that out to everyone um, because I think that's gonna be really helpful for a lot of people comparing loans. Um, can you be approved for more than the spreadsheet tells you? If so, should you stick around what budget of the numbers the spreadsheet gives you? Um, yes, you can get approved for more. Uh, so if you look in, what you're talking about is that the max price calculator. Um, let me pull it up on the screen. Yeah, so if you look down here, it like it shows you the conservative level. And conservative is based off of a 28% and 36% debt to income ratio. Um, however, there's different levels. So for instance, if you're taking an FHA loan, uh, you might be able to get closer to a much more risky level. And so often you're gonna find yourself being able to, being approved for more than that. However, it's probably not a good idea unless you have other income that's not on, that's not being put in here. Um, so just be careful on if you're going to take a loan that's higher than what that might suggest that you're very comfortable with your budget and you understand uh, or you feel comfortable with having the income to be able to make the mortgage payment on uh, a loan that would be higher than what it might suggest. Um, so it is a suggestion for affordability and not necessarily the end of what you could get approved for. Um, I have a 780 credit score. How do I get my? How do I get it above 800? <laughs> um, it's probably gonna be tough um, because when you get in that range, it's just it's a little bit slower to get higher and higher. One thing I would keep in mind is most lenders' rate sheets top out at 740. So there's n really no benefit that you're gonna see being above a 740 for most lenders. And so getting to that 800 might just be something that they're like, I want to have an 800. You're probably not going to see much benefit from having an 800 over a 780. Um, so I don't really have any tips for you. Usually, it's just going to require age, to uh, like age of credit, how long your credit's been around to get to that uh, 800 level. Um, so usually, I don't see people with an 800 credit score until they're closer to uh, like 30s and 40s. Um, I'm not sure how old you are, but uh, usually it just takes having credit for a longer period of time to get to that higher credit score there. Um, cool. Um, so we have a couple more people here. Uh, I do want to introduce you to uh, Replan is a project that um, a friend Javier and I have been working on. So Javier Vidania, if you don't know his uh, YouTube channel has a fantastic real estate channel that you should definitely check out, but we're working on, oops, a home buying planner that we call Replan. Um, and what it's going to do is basically just package up uh, our experience with consulting home buyers and people looking to get a mortgage um, all into one kind of bundle. So it will walk you through everything you need before you go and buy a home. Um, so think of it like 
an online home buying planner and you can go to myreplan.com. It is not finished yet, but when it is finished, you can get a discount code for 50% off. We're not sure what the price is gonna be yet, still up in the air, but that's something you can get notified uh, or sign up on that list to get notified when it does come out if you are interested in it. Um, cool. Well, thank you all for joining. I'm gonna be live next week, um, next uh, Thursday, most likely. So I'll put out um, a, a like a, a thing that you can save, what, what are they called? Like a scheduled live, where you can save that reminder um, if you subscribe to the channel. Um, thank you so much for being here and asking questions. I will be next live to answer questions as well. Um, if you are looking for uh, wanting to talk with a loan officer to get approved or get some quotes, I can connect you and give you a referral to a helpful loan officer who operates the same way that I do, has the heart of a teacher, and is going to walk you through the process step by step. You can go to slash referral if you are interested in it. Okay, and if I couldn't answer your question, you are welcome to send me an email. Please keep in mind, I cannot answer every single email. I try to be as helpful as I can. Try to not write me like a long story. Give me like concise question. <laughs> concise, well thought, researched question, not a story. Uh, if it's a big, long story, I usually just can't. I don't have time to respond to it. If it's a concise question, I will try my best to get around to you. Have a wonderful night. Thank you all for being here. Thank you, Jennifer. Thank you. I don't know how to say your name. <laughs> I know Javier has said it and I can't roll my R's confidently enough to say it. Um, <laughs> so maybe I'll practice on that, but uh, thank you all again. I hope you have a wonderful night. Stay safe and I will talk with you soon.